we definitely felt the big hit when we went from weekly reports to bi-weekly reports. We went with like a lighter content format to fill those gaps and founder finds is now weekly. And for some people, yeah. that's their favorite content type after enough iterations, right? So it's a much lighter lift for us than putting a report together, which often takes a month. With founder finds, we can pull that together in a couple of days. So mixing content type. You're listening to the Yo Podcast with Rob Hope. Drew Riley is the founder and editor of the successful Trends.VC newsletter. Boasting over 50,000 subscribers and 1,000 pro members, Drew dedicates all his time to delivering highly informative reports to his growing community of business owners and marketers. We rap about the software he uses, growth versus retention, mental health, social media versus community, and just what it takes to run a premium newsletter publication. Yo, Drew, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So most people don't know that Drew and I actually went hiking in Cape Town last year. And you are among the very few Yo! podcast guests I've actually met in person. Along with John and Erlen, Gilbert and Luke Beard. Dude, it was cool just cruising up the mountain with you. Yeah, yeah, you call it cruising. Uh, it was hard, but had a lot of fun. <laughs> had a lot of fun afterwards, too, grabbing a bite to eat, man. There was a little bit of blood involved. It's actually one of our most steep mountains in Cape Town. We just had to, like, uh, initiate you off the bat. Yeah, jumped right in the deep end. <laughs> so, a uh, little birdie whispered in my ear, you started the year off standing on a surfboard and riding on a wave in Peru. Yeah, I think I was uh, inspired by one of our uh, WhatsApp chats. You talked about uh, looking forward to the waves in, in Lima, so I got out there. So you think surfing is going to stick for you or is a once-off thing? Yeah, so I went surfing in uh, Mexico last year. This was the second time. Uh, it was a lot of paddling. I don't know if it's specific to <laughs> Lima, but uh, I have to get my stamina. I'm going to keep this. Keep this habit. The learning curve is difficult. It actually separates a lot of people who think surfing is just kind of cool versus um, you got to break through and then you earn it and then the reward really comes. Yeah, I had an amazing instructor though because it was a struggle in Mexico, but he had me up and going in no time. Nice. Okay, so let's get right into a fun intermission called Overrated, Underrated. I'm just going to give you a topic, a brand, a person, and you just need a quick fire back if you think it's overrated, underrated, or properly rated. You got it. All right, let's go. The Jiu-Jitsu belt color ranking system. Overrated. Meditation. Underrated. NFTs. Underrated. Avatar the film. Overrated, I haven't seen it. Artificial intelligence. Underrated. Steve Jobs. Overrated. <laughs> At me. YouTube. Uh, underrated. Chat GPT. Properly rated. Influencer marketing. Underrated. Judo. Properly rated. Twitter. Properly rated. And lastly, product hunt. Properly rated. So if my research serves correct, you received over 20,000 newsletter subscribers of your various product hunt launches. Do you think product hunt is still a worthy hustle for newsletter publishers tuning into this episode. Yes, I think it still can be worthy. Over time, like the effectiveness has gone down some, but it's still a worthwhile effort. If you're investing in a launch, you put a couple of days into it. And it's one of those things that can have asymmetric returns for you. We have Dale here from Inbox Authority asking, Hey Drew, Dale Dabalowski from InboxAuthority.com. 
if you were starting the trends.bc newsletter again from scratch, so from ground zero, what would be the single strategy or tactic you'd use to grow it? Thanks very much, guys. That's so tough because it seems like a lot of things have changed. I'll tell you the tactic that we used, and if it was as effective as it was back then, I would just run that playbook back. And it was around taking reports, uh, breaking them into threads, and mentioning the company and people that were featured in the report, tagging them on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if that's as effective now as it was back then. Uh, we also have to rewind three years ago and mm. remember what was going on three years ago. A lot of people were stuck in the house, so uh, that may have contributed uh, to like the fast growth as well. But yeah, if that playbook would still work, I would rerun that. When I had your YouTube show, I used to release an episode every week and it would be a hell edit, you know, like for a six minute video. And I remember I, I was so tired at the end and I had to think about distribution. I would just drop a tweet and it would fall flat. And then I'd be like, okay, cool. Next, next video, let's go. And then I remember some weeks I would just tag the right person that would get it at the right time. And that retweet would just snowball the thing. And next thing you know, I had double the amount of views from one tag in one tweet. People love to be featured. I want to make a massive shout out to our new sponsor, Lemon Squeezy, who will be supporting the Yo! podcast throughout 2023. Lemon Squeezy is the best payment platform I've found to help creators easily sell digital products. Whether you're selling a SaaS or ebook, the platform can accept payments instantly. You don't even need a website to start earning. What's great about Lemon Squeezy sponsoring the podcast is I've been a huge fan since day one and used them to sell several of my own side hustles. I sell my private landing page audits with once-off pricing. I sell digital products needing license keys to access support. And I even sell annual subscriptions to website template authors wanting to promote their templates. The user interface is beautiful. The product is always improving. And best of all, they are merchant of record, meaning they handle the painful part of EU tax laws for you. So check out lemonsqueezy.com if you'd like to save a ton of time and focus on leveling up your online offering. So while we're deep in hindsight, if you were to start again the publication, you know, obviously hindsight's 2020, but if you were to start again today, how different would the tech step be to get started now that we have all-in-one solutions like Ghost to do the heavy lifting? Yeah, so my mind goes directly to the ESP side, email service provider, where I went to use uh, Substack really, really, really badly. But what a lot of people didn't realize at that time was that you couldn't set up custom domains. So that means that as you're dropping all of these backlinks and breadcrumbs around the web, they're going to the Substack's uh, subdomain. And, and that was just a no-go in terms of platform risk uh, for us. So. I don't know how much extra work it was to not go with like a all-in-one solution like Substack, but bit the bullet and started out with MailChimp. Now we're on MailerLite looking to switch again, uh, but that added a lot of operational complexity to avoid that platform risk. So yeah, we we'll probably try to go for a tool like Beehive or even now uh, Substack, you can have custom domains. So that could be an option. And then the other upside of that is we probably would need WordPress the way we use it now. Uh, so that was yet something else that was born out of the operational complexity of 
avoiding that comp that platform risk. Where are you looking to go from MailerLite? I'm currently embedded in MailerLite with most of my lists. Yeah, yeah, I like that word embedded because uh, we run a test tomorrow uh, where we're comparing the deliverability rates uh, to make sure that, that will transfer and hopefully even improve on uh, Beehive is what we're testing. And if yeah. that doesn't improve, we're going to try something else. But we've tried working with MailerLite around deliverability and uh, support is very responsive, but not very fi- fast. I hope that doesn't cost us a sponsorship, but it's real. No respect for that. We have Darshan here from Product Disrupt. Hey, Drew. Darshan here from Product Disrupt. Long-time admirer of your newsletter. So my question to you is, what are some of the practical tips that you would suggest to grow a newsletter from 5,000 to 10,000 subscribers? I would say it depends on the game that you're playing. If you're playing a uh, like paid newsletter type of game where quality mm-hmm. matters a lot and you need to justify that value, uh, at 5,000, you're sort of at the point where if you release a piece of remarkable content it's worth remarking about, uh, that can do some of the legwork for you around distribution. So I would probably double down on quality. If I'm intentionally playing like a distribution heavy type game, think um, Morning Brew, for example, mm. then I would just start putting the rails in place to make sure that you're getting enough from uh, sponsors to justify paid acquisition, partnerships, everything's on the table, but I would just optimize uh, for growth, right? And uh, you're probably not putting as much effort into quality at that point. Good take. So continuing the path down growth, do you have a North Star for where you want to take Trends Pro? In terms of a number, I think about 3 million engaged email subscribers and Uh, We don't only define that as opens, but also clicks and interactions with an email on like a rolling 30-day period. Uh, So that's the newsletter side, but you mentioned pro, and then my mind goes to the mastermind side. So on that side, it would be great to build up a uh, network of, let's say, at least a thousand active mastermind members, just because I've seen the power of masterminds firsthand, even before TransVC existed. And yeah, that's the most... uh, I'd say like remarkable piece of what we do. Most people know about the newsletter, but I'd say we have the deepest impact per person from what we do on the mastermind side. The word that comes to mind is transformation and you seeing it. Yep. Yo, this is Rid from Dive Figma Academy and Maven. Best you hit subscribe as I'm coming up on the Yo podcast soon. My calculations are correct. We're talking over 50,000 free subs, over 1,000 on the on the pro. You're talking about a 2 to 3% conversion from free subs to pro members. Yep. You know, you have to have some funnels in place to grow this thing if you want to get to 3 million in 30 days. What funnels have you got penciled in? Do you have anything like really experimental? Yeah, I'll say we're inspired by a report that we did of site project marketing. So that's this idea that you're kind of building these like lead magnets. So let's take a directory, for example, where uh, that directory becomes, you know, people are coming there and then we're also using that to push opt-in and for the newsletter. So we're going after that strategy. And uh, a few months ago, I took a serious look at paid acquisition, which that's still on the table, but I like to treat even the amount, the money that we would spend and pay, like can I get a similar or better ROI by acquiring a tool, building our own tool, like whatever that would cost us. So everything's on the table. 
some micro acquire flipper are you browsing these trying to find content sites to do with trends i have in the back of my head because i know like I have friends that like have sites or side projects that they sort of discarded or, you know, stopped tending to. So I'm thinking about that, uh, but I'm actually focusing more on uh, churn right now, which is kind of a like lane switch from talking about like top of the line, uh, free newsletter subscriber growth to get churn under control. So we're not filling the leaky bucket, if that makes sense. It does. And it's super important. Uh, I think uh, churn is the word on the tip of everyone's tongue in January, 2023. Um, <laughs> if you have a subscription business, I might as well throw it out there. TikTok, just too much energy. Yeah. Yeah. This is sort of an adjacent point. One of the items last week for me was to think about getting back on the bandwagon in terms of like personal content production. Mm -hmm. uh, my personal Twitter account isn't very active. And uh, the point there was thinking about what type of system makes sense uh, to start tweeting from my personal account again. And I arrived at this point of, it feels like the type of content that's had the longest lasting impact are like the longer essays, which can then be chopped up into tweets or Twitter threads mm. or become a script or a YouTube video or a TikTok where uh, TikTok isn't on a roadmap for us. But if it was, it would probably be something that's derivative of like a longer essay or something that I wrote. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk talks about his pillar of content. And he creates one and then he's got his team to just make a hundred items. You know, he's just got such a like good distribution. Exactly. So I know you're big, you're big on compounding. Like all the interviews I've heard from you is like, you love that effort, you know, why are you not interviewing big dogs like Seth Godin for pro members only paying him, getting it there. And then that content lives forever as a pro signup incentive. And now you have a library of um, really exclusive trend specific takes by the big guys. The funny thing is I've been in three masterminds today, <laughs> mastermind right before this interview. <laughs> Someone mentioned that and I could add it to the roadmap and I talked about adding it to the roadmap then. But one thing that I also mentioned is this idea of like focus, like we could try to boil the ocean and do a million things where right now. We're playing a lot of cards to approve the mastermind experience, specifically around adding session ratings after each session, right? Rating that session. I don't know who said it. Maybe a lot of people said it, but it's like you can have anything, but you can't have everything. So I'm just trying to choose the game that we're playing and focusing on. Once we hit diminishing returns, then we can knock down the next domino. I think that's super smart. And that's literally my next point. I said, how do you divide up your day serving core community or trying to grow? You know, you talk about the leaky bucket. And you can throw all the Seth Godins in there, but if there's a hole in the bottom, it's a bit of a bigger question, but what is the difference between a community and social media networks? When I think of a community, I think of like a group of people having a very definite point of view on the world or like standing for something where when I think about a social media network, there can be many communities within the social media network mm. and some of them may even hate each other and actively fight. Also think that, and this isn't a definite thing, but I think that uh, communities, it's more common for them to suffer from negative network effects. Like the yeah. uh, more people that tend to join a community, uh, the less valuable that can become uh, sort of per member versus social networks. They figured out a way to like sort the signal from the noise. And the more people that join social networks, uh, the more valuable they tend to become. I really enjoy that answer, dude. So let's break into a second intermission. 
It's called no context. Simply shoot back either of the two options I give you. No context given and no context needed at all. You got it. All right. Meditation or exercise? Meditation. Seth Godin or James Clear? Seth Godin. Atlanta or Florida? Atlanta. Bigfoot or skunk ape? Bigfoot. <laughs> Do you know what a skunk ape is? No. <laughs> Apparently it's like a, a Florida's take of a Bigfoot. Anyway, dude, that was just some weird research. Surfing or hiking? Hiking. Open source or recurring revenue? Open source. Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese? Quentin Tarantino. Sid Meier's Civilization or Colonization? Civilization. I had that ready before you even gave me the same <laughs> option. Teach or learn? Teach. Lead or follow? lead and lastly masterminds or hackathons masterminds just swinging quick to remote work for a bit um you know currently in peru you're in cape town for a month you're a proper digital nomad what's in your work backpack laptop that's a given i keep three or four of these with me and i swap them out whenever i go back to the states uh for people listening pointing to these journals. I don't know how to pronounce the name, but they're German. Yeah, that's the same exact journal. <laughs> uh, maybe you can add the name to the show notes. Uh, I, I swear by those. Uh, what else do I have? I'm trying to think about some like unusual kit. So I keep an extension cord, which it comes in handy mm -hmm. everywhere I go. Uh, especially if you like places with patios, you can just run a long cord from the inside to the Smart. south side. What about a battery system, like a little charging pack? Yeah, have a little charging pack. I don't think I have anything that's super, super unusual. A little laptop stand? Like a, yeah, yeah, laptop stand. We're using that now. Uh, next stand. Sick. This bad boy. Yeah. And that's it. It's pretty external minimal keyboard, setup. External mouse. Yeah. Good stuff, dude. So with remote working, you know, you're trying to optimize your time so you can still explore the city you know obviously you work big hours i know i mean last time i spoke to you you spent a lot of the morning meditating and then you know you dedicate time and you're only really going out on set windows of your trip but there's a quote that i read the other day by alex hormozzi okay he talks about do not automate what you can systemize and this one i can't stop thinking and in the context that he had a whole bunch of gym owners and there were a handful that had really low churn and he's like they are definitely they have some sort of secret so he got them all together he had a big dinner and he just asked him like he just sat with every single one of them and said what are you guys doing you know what are you doing to, to keep the churn low and then he collected all the feedback and he saw it as in common and the one that really stuck, stood out for him was that these owners were putting systems in place when people were not going to the gym and they were not sending this automated message going, you have not gone to the gym, we would love you back. You know, that's, that's automation. What he was doing, or what they were doing, is that they were putting in systems that would remind them, would ping them if someone wasn't going to the gym. And then they would pick up their phones and message them and go, hey, dude, haven't seen you in a little while. Um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm hitting there later. You know, just that personal touch. And he said that that was just incredible for retention. So I want to know how automated are, are you right now? Yeah, maybe too automated. <laughs> are you the yeah. first guy I thought of? And uh, I just started listening to uh, Alex's podcast. So I don't know if that was like a poster or something that he wrote, but I would love to uh, listen to that episode. I'm working my way through the backlog now. Uh, and that has me thinking, I don't necessarily have any action items, but uh, for like every car we create in a sprint, it has to be labeled of, 
hey, it improves our brand, it improves the Transpro experience, uh, it boosts revenue, it saves us time. It's the saving time thing that he just made me question, right? Of maybe, maybe sometimes we don't want to save time, right? You want to get that like high fidelity interaction and put that manual effort in. So yeah, now I'm thinking. What I love about your trends.vc newsletter, the hot takes and the predictions, you know, since the newsletter is three years old now, it must be fun to look back and dig up those old predictions. Do you have some sort of prediction log? No, no, I've had that like, cause I have a lot of habits. I've tried that as a habit. Maybe I need like a trick or something to maintain that. And I think I first got the idea from Farnham Street to like basically have this prediction journal of I think this is going to happen and then have a routine of revisiting those predictions. Uh, but I haven't been able to make it stick yet as a habit, but I would love to. Hey friends, this is Rob from The Edit. Wanted to drop a quick reminder. I'm extracting snippets from the podcast into short but sweet clips on YouTube. Head over to yo.fm forward slash YouTube to open up the Yo podcast playlist. Okay, let's dive back in. Looking at your landing page, I'm programmed like this, but you know, I'm already just picking it apart. I know, I know no one asked yeah. me and there was no permission, but uh, one of the things that, the, that I really thought of and just sidestepping, I'd love to actually critique your landing page if you would allow me. Yes. Um, sometime. I am um, planning to start a weekly landing page masterclass newsletter, and I want to do critiques, mm -hmm. deconstructions, share lessons, and I would love to do the Trends Pro landing page because it's, it's a one with a high conversion. It's it's a serious landing page. But the big yeah, so sidestepping back is that I just feel like the predictions are so fun, um, and it is a feature. But what would be so great is if you could just date some predictions, some older predictions, and just have that like scattered on the page a little bit, like going, you know, <laughs> from edition three, and then you get to showcase what topic it was. But it's like, we predicted this. And then people are like, whoa, dude, that was two years ago, and this is fire right now. So just a couple of nuggets. I mean, just two or three predictions. And obviously, you can totally bury the ones you go wrong. Real landing page. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like that, especially because uh, I was going to say, especially because we're running out of ideas for split tests. So at this, okay. add this to our uh, split test log. Yeah, brilliant. So I want to do a weekly newsletter, but I'm terrified of announcing it and then publishing five, and then I I feel the burnout coming. Would you recommend bi-weekly to anyone who is is just thinking about starting a weekly newsletter and you're like, dude, you will eventually go bi-weekly, so you might as well just start there now. Uh, this might surprise people, but no, I would, um, for whatever content type, like the fidelity of information, mm -hmm. like however deep that is, I would say go as often as you can if you're just starting out. Your case is slightly different because you have these other projects that allow you to stay top of mind, right? Landing page, hot tips, one page love, all of these other things, and you can simply like focus onto your Flywell podcast. If someone uh, sort of didn't have this surface area and they were just starting out with the newsletter, they need to bang, like bang, get bang. that feedback loop spinning as fast as possible, right? So if it's not super deep content every weekday or every day, uh, if it's deeper, weekly, and then back out from there because you're not only looking at I have to stay at this cadence for three years or five years. It's like, mm. how do you get to that point of quality? And like, it's not going to be, if, if you ever launch, it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But, you know, how do you 
again, front load as much feedback as possible. So that would be the main reason uh, that I'll go for faster, faster iterations. Such a good take. I mean, it, it hurts when you say that because I know my podcast right now with my workload is, is basically monthly. That means I only get 12 out in a year. That means if I have two or three guests in a row that people aren't that interested in, they don't hear my voice for four months. And that's not how you grow a podcast. I think maybe start off the newsletter for my, my landing page. Let's go weekly for three months. Let's just like get that feedback loop, just grow the subscribers like a big push. And then maybe once you've got system, we can go back to bi-weekly. But yeah, I just hate promising and not delivering. One, one comment, something that may yeah. transfer to the podcast game that we did. We definitely felt the big hit when we went from weekly reports to bi-weekly reports. So, uh, we went with like a lighter content format to fill those gaps and founder finds is now weekly. And for some people, yeah. like, that's their favorite content type after enough iterations, right? So it's a much lighter lift, uh, for us than putting a report together, which often takes a month with founder finds. We can pull that together in a couple of days. So mixing content types, right? Like if you know, you really want quality guests and you have high entity standards for interviews, yeah. perhaps mixing that in with some other podcast content type. That's, I like that idea a lot. And you got the cross promotion going so well. Back in 2020, you blogged 100 rules of life and you're clearly a person who loves habits and rituals. Meditation, cold showers, training, fasting, journaling. Do you think these habits have made your life a lot more effective and for people listening they're going nah this is some hippie talk is it the real deal <laughs> is the real deal and if you don't think it's the real deal i would say do it and then stop doing it and see what your life is like like i've been through periods where i stopped meditating and have almost gone crazy uh i've become like dependent on these habits in some ways like cold showers are like an antidepressant for me uh you might think your life is hard until you hop in a cold shower <laughs> I'm spending that as well. That's so good. Drew, a deeper question for a few people out there. And when I got hiking with you, it was amazing because, you know, I was like, hey, you want to have a beer after? And you were like, no, nah, dude, I'm not drinking. And there we were sitting, having a burger after, just keeping it tidy. And it was amazing. And you don't honestly need it. And for someone who's kicked alcohol um, and is just focused on building, there's definitely other people out there that are struggling. Do you have any sort of single advice or any little nugget just to help people into the next steps to kick it? Yeah, I've thought a lot about this recently where it's like I've, I've taken that transformation or that move from drinking and not drinking. The principle that I learned from that is for me and for some people, elimination is easier than moderation, if that makes sense. So we could apply it to like diet, for example, if you could say like, hey, uh, I have like a cheat day on Saturdays. I would have tried that in the past before I learned about myself, but it's actually easier for me to not have cheat days than it is for me to have my cheat days on a Saturday because next thing I know it's Wednesday. It's like, man, I miss how cheesecake tastes. <laughs> uh, just get a little piece. And then we just, it's a snowball from there. That would be one thing to think about. Is elimination easier than moderation for you, right? It's not the same for every person. Yes, a lot of people have great impulse, impulse control. But even that is like a, a, a sort of, what do they say? Willpower is a uh, sort of limited resource where if 
you're throwing willpower left and right. It's going to take, it's, it's going to eventually exhaust itself. So that's, that's a great take. And yeah, just an extra point on the no drinking thing. It did start out as like, Hey, I'm not going to drink anymore. It's just like an experiment. Let's try to go one week. And then one week turned into one month. And then I started seeing the benefits of more productivity, better sleep, less dehydration, yeah. better body composition, all of these things. Yeah. Brilliant. So yeah, Drew, I know, we're, I know we're short on time. Thanks so much for chatting with us, dude. Here is a little Afrobeats track to end things off. Where can people follow your journey online? I would say just go to uh, trends.vc. I talked about founder finds earlier where I'm getting back to writing personal essays and a lot of them will be uh, shared through founder finds. So that would be the best place. Brilliant. Thanks, Drew. Take care, man. All right. You too. Take my energy from your bottom. Now my boss will say I'll be my killer, everything I design. I go receive my rhythm, flow like a river. If you get your one, come on, go and sit down. I go just para, come on, my jigger, I go just there, follow my dream.